This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saturday Morning Mysteries, except it's probably not Saturday because this is bonus content time. But anyway, we are your hosts. I'm Alexis. I'm Grace. And we are going to be talking about crime today, as we almost always do, actually, in one way or another. But today, specifically crime, not animation. If you've been following the podcast slash videocast for quite a while now, joining us along on this adventure, then you know that sometimes we like to throw in random extra bonus content for y'all, where we just talk about a lot of fun, silly crimes, court cases, legal proceedings, and whatnot from... I don't know, like, wasn't what we were in Romania one time, we talked about something in Switzerland, all over the place, we're just funny stories, we're in, inter- yeah, we don't, we don't discriminate against borders and where the crimes, Florida, come. yeah, if we, oh, the, oh God, it's, we probably could go on about Florida for days, yes. but anyway, so today, Grace will be talking us through some crime capers that, uh, mm-hmm. I'm very excited for she yes it's a surprise I have no clue what she's gonna be going going through Uh, today so Mm -hmm. I'm also very excited for it um because the topic I decided to cover today uh for this crime caper is like a concept or it's like a method or tool used in the path of solving crimes that was inspired by one of our courage the cowardly dog episodes actually okay (laughs) You're like, how, how? I'm, yeah, I'm like, there's only a couple of those that could maybe actually happen in the real world. So I'm (laughs) narrowing it down. (laughs) Yes. So um, while in Courage the Cowardly Dog, uh, which if you haven't finished, I guess it depends when we release this. We don't have a schedule for these. have no clue. Yeah. There's at least some episodes of Courage that we've covered out. Go listen to those. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And specifically, go listen to our Shirley the Medium. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh, is that gosh. what you were hoping for? That was, yeah, I was. Because anything else, I would be very terrified about the story you're about to tell me. Because <laughs> it would involve, like, the astral, pl- I don't know. I guess this Yeah, different too. planes. But, yeah, I was, I was hoping it had to do with the medium. <laughs> yes. So, um, when, again, Encourage the Cowardly Dog. It's great and fine and dandy when Shirley the medium comes in to help with crimes and that type of stuff. Um, It's slightly less fine and dandy and comical, except we're always going to make it comical here today. Hopefully, maybe. Um, When authorities decide to use what's dubbed forensic hypnosis to solve actual crimes like murder. Um, this sounds like it's breaking some United Nations conventions against like... (laughs) torture and stuff there's got got to be a convention against mind control right well we're gonna get into it so first you know all your like lawyer signs are flashing right now so uh we're gonna jump into first what forensic hypnosis actually is and it's exactly what it gosh darn sounds like so investigators actual investigators uh, will call in a declared hypnosis, hypnotist, hypnotist, that's the hypnotist, word, yeah. for various things. So, for example, to help find a clue in a case, which, like, is mainly just a waste of taxpayer dollars, 
sometimes works out if like the hypnotist is good at deductive reasoning to help find <laughs> right. clues maybe aka um, like what a detective should also be doing, doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. this person should just be a detective um, right or like pure luck um which like okay yeah yeah again just kind of a waste of taxpayer dollars but they will also bring one in to quote unquote hypnotize a witness or the accused themselves often as a memory recovery tactic, they say. Mm. (laughs) And not in the fun Biggie Smalls way of hypnotize me. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, 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 can't you see? (laughs) Sometimes you always just hypnotize me. Um, (laughs) But in the, this will be used in a court of law, possibly in a death penalty case type of way. That's, okay. Very different vibe. Um, I'm channeling evidence class, which I did not do that great in evidence law. Let me tell you, it's it's a toughie, but I don't, this is arguable. This is arguable. Like Uh the, the veracity of a statement said under hypnosis and also it was like that coercion. I don't, anyway, we're going to get into the legal side of things. Don't worry. Okay. Um, But before we do that, yes, yes. (laughs) you're just like, let's joke around about it. But a brief history of this practice um, is that it actually became popular according to, I think um, probably Wikipedia, most likely that was my source here um, Mm -hmm. after world war II, uh, and it was hypnotherapy is what it was called then. So not in the forensic sense, but like the popularity of hypnosis as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. And specifically, it was used to try and help treat soldiers with post-traumatic stress disorder, so PTSD. Um, but it wasn't until the late 60s that hypnotic evidence would be allowed in court. So basically between like World War II, again, how do we deal with PTSD? Let's try and like hypnotize them to like work through whatever literal incredible trauma they're going through from World War II. Um, mm-hmm. It slowly like became more popular like throughout the 50s and 60s just like in the general public. Um, and that's important because it was allowed in court when it was when it officially passed the Fry standard, which is essentially a standard that says evidence can be admissible in court if the scientific method behind it is generally accepted. So again, by the late 60s, I think this was like 68 or 69, uh, hypnosis was a widely enough accepted thing that courts of law gave it the go-ahead. Basically, a couple cases said it was fine to use in as evidence, and then that set the precedent. So then other cases started using it. So it really took off in the 70s within law enforcement where literal centers were built to teach police about this method. Oh my God. Like, again, uh, great use of taxpayer dollars, but it was yeah. like, here's how to get confessions via hypnosis. And like, oh there were God. whole centers built that police would go and like get trained at um, oh in the 70s. And it reached its peak in the 80s during the satanic panic, um, where under so-called hypnosis, um, people, mainly children, began Mm -hmm. telling authorities about, quote unquote, satanic sexual abuse rituals and cults, which were apparently buried away in their minds, but brought back under hypnosis, 
quote unquote, mm-hmm. AKA a lot of um, suggestibility to small children who just want to please authority figures who are yeah. freaked out about the quote unquote right. satanic and cults a few leading over. questions can yes. easily lead them in the wrong direction. Exactly. And from this again, in uh, peaking really in the eighties and the nineties, um, the early nineties, Uh, Adults were thrown in jail for sometimes literally decades due to these claims that were pretty much all proven to be false Mm -hmm. uh, as the kids later grew up and recanted because they realized this shit never happened and they were coerced when they were like seven years old. So during the latter half of the century, last century, the Justice Mm -hmm. Department weighed in on this. Ah. So we're going to get into some of the legal side of things now with forensic hypnosis in their own code and internal policy. The justice department says in part, I quote, in certain limited cases, the use of forensic hypnosis can be an aid in the investigative process. Witnesses to crimes have been able to recall certain facets of the crime while in a hypnotic state that they had not remembered without hypnosis. The use of hypnosis, however, is subject to serious objections and thus should be only used on rare occasions. So that's what the Justice Department says. So don't worry. They said only rare occasions. So we're all good now, right? Mm. Just kidding. (laughs) Obviously not. (sighs) Or I wouldn't be doing this crime Exactly. Or else crime caper over. Over. Problem solved. That that was a fun little talk about hypnosis. All right. (laughs) Until next time. No problems. Yeah. (laughs) It ended in the 80s and 90s, the satanic panic. Great. Cool. Cool. (laughs) No. So uh, I read this. uh, It was a 2019 article. In the Garden by Ariel Ramchandi. I think that's how you say this last name. Um, And as of 2019, at least, there were 13 states that allow hypnotically induced testimony according to specific requirements. So in order to have it be admissible in court, there are some requirements. Mm -hmm. And four other states permit it with no requirements at all. Cool. Any type of hypnosis, quote unquote, can be used as evidence in court. Fair game. Cool. (laughs) Yes. So that in total is 17 states where in some way, shape or form, it's allowed in court. And 10 of those states, so you know, have active death penalties, which means that innocent people could be put to death due to the use of forensic hypnosis. Mm. And we know this um, is a risk. Because uh, at least six people have been exonerated based on DNA evidence when that technology Mm. came around, uh, who were originally convicted in part due to hypnotically induced testimony. Um, Yes. And also six other states, separate from those 17, have no forensic hypnosis case law. So it's completely vague and like a gray area in those states of whether or not you can or cannot use it. Mm. So we're going to take a brief pause before talking more about uh, the legal side of things. Yeah. And just note that some people obviously find like great peace and uh, comfort in things like hypnotherapy. They can experience relaxation and reduced Mm -hmm. anxiety. And that's awesome. Uh, Like do whatever you need to do for your mental health. Exactly. Yes. Um, And there are also maybe like, 
pieces. Obviously I'm shitting on hypnosis a lot in this whole thing. Cause not like, particular, I mean, only yeah. in a life and death situation, exactly. criminal law involves life or death matters. Yes. So it's like, I understand for therapy, for mental yeah. well-being and things like that, but exactly. there's a line for everything. Right. And like, whether or not you believe like hypnosis can be done or not, like like this like sense of like mind control, like, you know, I mean, we saw again in like satanic panic era and that type of stuff where like, you know, sometimes people like kids or just general humans are highly suggestible and thus they can be nudged into believing or doing certain things under like the guise of hypnosis. So like, you know, in that sense, yeah, some people are more suggestible than others. Again, that all is fine. But like you just said, the issue arises when it's used as a point of evidence in a trial, especially when it's under quote unquote recovered memories or recalling memories. Mm -hmm. And what that's an issue is first of all, the psychological or psychology community itself is super like twisted and turned and split when it comes to the topic of recovered memories. Um, Even to begin with, like, can you recover memories? It's a whole thing that I did not dive into because I do not, I didn't want to read scientific papers about it. (laughs) I was like, great, it's split, bye. Cool, that's all I needed to know. There is One sentence, (laughs) done. People talk about it, the end. Done. Cool. What do they say? I don't know. I don't know. But they say things. (laughs) Things have been said by someone and someone else. The end. And now by me. Check. (laughs) Not a psychologist. Um, And then, like I just said, uh, that maybe some people, again, are more suggestible, can lead to what you said earlier, leading witnesses. Mm-hmm. which is essentially the practice of, yeah, like nudging them in a certain direction by very uh, specifically put questions that kind of hint uh, someone being interviewed towards the answer that the interviewer wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, having a hypnotist maybe push the witness into quote unquote recalling a crime based on hints and nudges while hypnotized can essentially create false memories and thus false testimonies in the court of law. Mm-hmm. But if we look even more into memories overall, no less recalling them under hypnosis, there's essentially over the last you know couple of decades or at least you know decade ish, um, more and more research coming out that basically explains how witness memory, not even under hypnosis is like kind of bad forensic evidence to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, simply put, we forget shit all the time because we're humans. Yeah. Like it's hearsay. We, it's a type of hearsay. Right. Yeah. Like we misremember things. Mm-hmm. Um, even people who like are steadfast, you know, they have the best intentions. They truly believe what they saw. They could misremember a detail by no fault of their own. We simply just forget shit all the time because, again, we're humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we thought it. And this has happened in so many cases, especially, you know, like big serial killer cases where it's like, oh, I think the car was like gold. And it like was a brown car instead. Mm -hmm. And it's they thought they saw gold and that's it. Which like could seem like a, a small 
you know, detail, but it right. can make all the difference. And like, yeah. you know, if it's, if you're in a criminal trial of some sort, it means that you've probably gone through some sort of like life altering, yeah. very high, anx- high, high anxiety, high stress yeah. sort of event. And like your mind just doesn't process information the same way under those circumstances as it does. If you're just like going for a casual walk in the park right. or whatever, <laughs> exactly. and you just see, you know, someone walking by, even then you probably wouldn't remember that. But, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like how Which, much are you actually picking up on? You just happen to be there at that time. So they call you in and like, you try your best. Um, yeah. So again, doubly so we're valuable as humans to begin with, and then add on something like hypnosis, where again, uh, it's can be a little dicey as to whether or not you yeah. actually recall this memory, um, in a literal life or death case. Um, which some of these are still active today. There are people uh, mm. on death row. And I think the Innocence Project, you know, was actively working on this, mm. a great organization um, yeah. who, yeah, part of their trial that convicted them was hypnosis. Um, wow. So I don't really have a silver lining at the end here. Um, <laughs> I think, again, that article is from 2019. I think some states allow, um, oh, I guess, you know, this would be a silver lining. Uh some states do allow folks who have been convicted to appeal or a question a conviction if it involved what's known as junk science in the legal mm. realms called that, which in yeah. a lot of places includes forensic hypnosis, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my summary is keep hypnotism maybe to like the fair, the mysticism store and Biggie Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> the end nice. <laughs> yes um nice. and that's it that's our, our quick look at forensic hypnotism a little history a little why it's a huge problem in the court of law and um keep it to shirley the medium maybe yeah yeah, yeah. and again go back go back and watch our courage the cowardly dog yes. arc to, to get a <laughs> sense of why shirley and shirley alone should be the one using it in any yes. sort of any sort of criminal, criminal case or otherwise. Wow. Yes. That's, uh, man. Yeah. I did not realize that it had been used in cases where like there were people mm-hmm. on death row now that is, or ha- who have been executed as well. It sounds like. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's pretty gracious. grim. Yeah, it is. I know that the, the federal rules of evidence, at least. So each state has its own like rules mm-hmm. for its own court system on what is and isn't admissible, but under like federal law, they're typically like past recollections, which I think that's what mm. the hip- hypnotized recollections or whatever would yeah. fall under. Like that's hearsay, unless you have right. like a lot of exceptions to prove like, no, it's valid. I forget what the fuck the exceptions are, <laughs> but I know that as a standard, it's like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna even try to use memories as yeah. evidence, like you have a lot of other stuff to prove too. So yeah. like you said, we're valuable. We don't remember shit. And if we're, whether it's yeah. pulled through hypnosis or otherwise. So <laughs> yeah. Oh and I gosh. think that's why that's the justice department though. code on it was, yeah, like is has serious objections so should only be like rare occasions yeah but the fact that they still 
acknowledge yeah. it, give it a tip of the hat. It can, like, right. It can be one factor out of many that like a yes. jury could look at and be like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not like <laughs> the main factor, but like yeah, hopefully. That, te- that testimony from that hypnotized person was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it stuck with me. Yeah. Maybe everyone who is on the jury has to also like meet with the hypnotist and try to be hypnotized by them to be like, <laughs> to see if it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like read like, through their credentials. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All of a oh, sudden God. they all we walk out hope. with like recovered memories against the, <laughs> they're the like accused. all crying and stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh uh, shit. Mistrial. Mistrial. Yeah. God, Not fair. So. <laughs> Big yikes. Oh God. Um, wow. Well, great though. Anyways. Great lesson. That was, that was amazing for not great reasons, but I feel like I've learned something very important today. So Excellent. Appreciate that. I got you. And, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back with maybe yes. more informative or just straight up funny uh, crime capers <laughs> and bonus content in the Indeed future. Indeed we shall be. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We, we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmornMist, all the abreeds, and let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries. Bye.